Warning, the following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Yeah, that's that's too much. Hello, good people, and welcome to Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. I am your host, Sam, and I am joined this week by, well, okay, let's rewind. New Jurassic Park movie out. No, it's a Jurassic World movie out. No way in fucking hell am I going to see that. So I decided to do my own weird geneticist bringing up dinosaurs that have long been extinct, but bringing them back to life to merge them together for one one last go around. I've managed to get the original two of We Watch The Thing. Hello, Billy and Tova. How are you doing? So good. I'm exceptional. I'm so good. (laughs) I love introducing you both at the same time so you can just talk over each other. It's fucking... (laughs) Top quality Much podcasting. Much like our show, where I often talk over Topher. <laughs> you went on a real, you know, journey of self-discovery there and got a lot better at that, though, Billy. In I did. I, I tried. I tried. <laughs> oh. Anywho, uh, Jurassic Park, as I mentioned, new films just come out. We thought, let's go back and do the original. Billy, safe to say your favourite film, right? Well, yes, this is my second film on my top 100 films of all time list. So when we were ending the show a year ago, almost today, uh, we did this as my favorite film because we'd already done The Princess Bride, which is number one. But yeah, I mean, this is right up there. Like this has to be up your guys' lists too, right? Like if you were making a list of top films, this would be up there for both of you, surely. Let's not spoil anything, Billy. Come on, bro. What the fuck? (laughs) But Sam, let me just say you made the right choice by doing this instead of Jurassic World Dominion because it's even worse than Fallen Kingdom. Uh, Like, and I didn't think that was possible. (laughs) I I never made it through Fallen Kingdom. I watched all of about 30 minutes and just went, I've got way better things to do in my life than this. And that that film gets worse. Yeah, oh yeah. Really? The first half hour is actually not bad. <laughs> yeah, there isn't a clone kid. <laughs> which I'd completely forgotten about until oh, I heard tof. someone talking about Dominion and said the clone kid's yeah. back. And I was like, the what? I was going to say, you wait till you see Dominion, right? I feel, honestly, the Jurassic Park slash world movie with the most dinosaurs in it and the only threats are clone kids and locusts. <laughs> like the dinosaurs have nothing to do with that film. <laughs> Sounds great. Can't wait. Oh, Can't wait. <laughs> on to Jurassic Park. Came out in 1993. Has a score of 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb. 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. 68% on Metacritic. We're not going to bother you with a plot. Everybody knows this film. Everybody knows who's in it. Although, interestingly, before we recorded this, I, I had a look, you know, like looking up the details for it. There is a lot of characters in this film, like a first name for a last name, right? You've got Ian Malcolm. You've got Alan Grant, you've got Lex Murphy, you've got Ray Arnold. There's a lot, a lot of fucking... You've got Nedry, who mostly goes by Newman in my household. (laughs) (laughs) Tim Murphy, that's a lot of, like, first names as last names for all your characters. It seems bizarre. Are they all lifted direct from the book, or were any of those changed? My memory is that they're pretty much all direct from the book. Mm. Yeah. I reread the book not that long ago. Uh, and my memory is that they're all pretty direct. The story differs slightly, 
Um, but the characters, at least, are pretty close. Yeah. Well, th- there you go. Michael Crichton, an absolute fucking hack. Can't create names for his characters. <laughs> we might have spoken about this, but have you guys ever heard about the Michael Crichton small dick defense? I have, but only because you've told me several times. I don't know if I want to know, but sure, go ahead. So he once got, like, demolished by this critic, right? So he decided to create a character in his next book with the same name as this critic, but he made him a pedophile. He made him, like, the worst possible human imaginable, except that he described him very distinctly as having a small dick. And it was this brilliant bit of legal defense because this guy could never come out and say, hey, that's me, take me out of your book, because he's admitting to having a small dick. It was a genius move by Crichton. Also deeply petty. Uh, uh, insanely petty insanely petty dude <laughs> that is that is insanely petty but i'll give it to him that's actually pretty clever that's pretty it's smart. a pretty smart move yeah my recollection is that he used it a couple of times in his career but it's become known as the small dick defense and it's a real legal thing now <laughs> <laughs> the dick don't fit you must acquit <laughs> Anyway, onto the podcast. If you haven't heard us before, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 questions about it. We start with 10 that can be applied to any film. We then move through three personal questions before finishing on a Patreon question. And uh, it was easy to come up with the questions for this one, Atof, because we've tried to do this podcast before. We, years ago, I mean, genuinely, years ago now, we recorded, and I'm happy to say this because it wasn't my podcast, it was yours, so this isn't just like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just rampantly overstating it. We recorded an absolute banger of an episode. Mm, yeah. That never saw the light of day. Well, that must have been like 2019 at least, like a very long time ago. It, it was, was pre-COVID. Upset. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was um, in the before time. It was, in, it was pre-COVID. It was with our good friend Gidget Von Roo, but unfortunately she had a recording error on her end, which made her audio like unbearable like there was a clicking sound running through the entirety of it to the point that you couldn't actually put it out without somebody having epileptic induced fits or something it was insane what was worse sam the time that gidget did that or the time that toph gave you an episode where his entire recording was backwards (laughs) it wasn't backwards it was segmented and then a new segment in front of it and then a new segment in front of it and the new segment (laughs) the whole thing needed to be unraveled like something out of saw yeah, yeah, it was like the memento of podcast recordings. It was insane. It was like two minutes got recorded and then <laughs> basically got pushed to the back and then three minutes got recorded in front of that. Then that all got pushed to the back and then two minutes, 20, you got pushed to the back. So there's no like yeah. clear, distinct pattern. <laughs> Madness. Madness, I tell you. Yeah. Madness. Anyway, on to the questions for uh, the one we start with, Compliment Sandwich. One thing good, one thing bad, one thing good if we like this film. There's always the hyperbole, which is one thing good, one thing great, and one thing good. If we want to give it a score over 10,000, which uh, Topher is adamantly against. But Billy, you can start us off. What do you got? Oh, well, mate, well, Topher's going to love this, my friend, because my first good thing is the visuals of this film. And it's not just the effects, which everybody knows how stellar the effects in this film and how much they hold up. But honestly, just the, the visual language of this film and the camera work is insane. Like, some of the best shots of this film don't even involve dinosaurs or don't even involve cgi when they do involve dinosaurs it is just such a great looking film that keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time my second good thing is the cast every time i watch it i've got to be honest i forget how good attenborough is in this role because in my head i'm so focused on how great players like 
you know, Goldblum and Sam Neill are that I forget about all those secondary actors that are just so fucking good. And my great thing, because that's right, this is a hyperbole, bitch, <laughs> is the screenplay. Fucking Michael Crichton, we've already mentioned him. He's he's one of my favorite authors, and he wrote this screenplay virtually side by side with the book because he was mates with Spielberg. He told Spielberg about this idea that he was writing, and Spielberg was like, make that a movie. And so he wrote it virtually side by side. And the screenplay is top notch. Like, not only is it a hell of a lot of fun, but there are some dialogue exchanges in here which are just so well written. Like, you think about the classic, you know, God creates dinosaurs, God kills dinosaurs, man creates dinosaurs, and then women inherit the earth. Like, that is just such a good fucking run of dialogue. Like, I love the screenplay for this film. Uh, your score out of 10,000 or over 10,000? 11,058, my friend. Oh, that's, that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, <laughs> on to you, Topher. Just stupid. <laughs> you can't, can't go above 10,000. You can. You absolutely can. With this film, you can. <laughs> be just like Billy, Toph. I know you really want to be like him. Be just like Billy. Come on, mate. You better have three good things to say. Because, oh, oh, look. Okay, we all know what Topher's bad thing is going to be. Child actors. <laughs> We've heard it, mate. We fucking heard it a million times. I'm really tempted to just uh, take back that bit of personal growth I referenced before about you talking over me, Billy. That was fucking <laughs> spectacular. Uh, how many beers you have there, champ? You're getting towards the bottom of number one. You're already hammered. Uh, this is my second and I've not eaten today. <laughs> so we're in for a fun time. <laughs> okay. First thing in my sandwich, I'm kind of going to cheat here. Uh, I'm going to say the first minute of the film, because actually I want to talk about three things and I'm going to condense them into one thing just because, whatever, Jurassic Park rules and I'm going to do it. So first thing that happens is we get the universal logo for the 90s and few things in this world make me feel safer. <laughs> I love so it. So your first good thing is not even part of the film proper. It's the logo. Yes. The Universal logo from the 90s. If you're of a certain vintage, <laughs> i.e. mine, yeah. M-E, that yep. logo in that um, that phase of its existence yeah. just makes you yeah. feel good. I mean, it it's really true. Does. That is the best of the Universal logos. Yeah, none of, that, none of that glow coming from behind the lettering. That can fuck off. 1993 Universal. That's what I want. The next thing that happens in the first minute is that we just get the words Jurassic Park on screen. We don't get a Steven Spielberg film. We get nothing else. Straight into it. Like Star Wars or Braveheart. And I like it. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) And then the first actual recorded stuff we see is, of course, that that raptor cage coming out of the tree. And one of the great bits of foreshadowing, really, of the like thematically of the film, that we're braced for something big and scary and monstrous to come out of the trees in this first shot. And it turns out it's man. Because <laughs> man is the real dinosaur. <laughs> the greatest That's predator it. of them all. That's it. <laughs> um, this isn't actually my bad thing. I just want to point out, though, that kind of a tough beat for paleobotanists, this film. Like, Ellie Sattler talks about a plant for, like, two seconds and then just gets interrupted because there's a brachiosaurus that's it yeah <laughs> like why isn't she just a paleontologist yeah yeah, yeah. I, th- I think largely if i was a paleobotanist i'd be like i think we deserve more on the other hand you're being represented by laura, D- laura dern so you're probably fine actually yep. 
So on to my actual bad thing, and um, join me here on uh, Child Actor Corner. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> um, it's real. It's yuck. Uh, you could argue it's complicated because they provide uh, like an important perspective within the film and character growth for Sam Neill. Or do they? Was, like, was anyone having a bad time in the first 38 minutes of this film? Because that's how long it takes. For those yeah, two I little was, pests to turn up. Was anyone was, having a bad time? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, I couldn't help but check the check the time codes last night when I was re-watching it. I was surprised it was that long before they turned up. Wasn't it great, yeah. those 38 minutes? You, you bring up 38 minutes, but we're still interspersed with Old Mate at the dig site. Ew, they're like birds. <laughs> That's not scary. <laughs> He's all right, at least, because Sam Neill just absolutely owns him. So, yep. <laughs> That guy I actually give a pass to. <laughs> okay. All right, next next good thing. Sam Jackson, back when he used to act, is oh, yeah. oh, yes. fucking great. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> yeah, you'd like totally forget he's supporting actor. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's still trying to make a name in Hollywood at this point. When he pops up, you're like, fuck, is that Sam Jackson? <laughs> what the fuck? Let me ask you guys this, if I can make this movie reviews in 21 cues. No. <laughs> what is your favorite studio logo? Is it this Universal logo? Because I have a real soft spot for the old Columbia TriStar logo as well. Uh, my one used to be Fox, mostly because it reminded me of Star Wars. I was like, oh, here we go. Here's some Star Wars coming. <laughs> well, yeah, as a kid, I thought that the, the Fox music was just the opening to the Star Wars music because <laughs> so, I watched so it I. that much. <laughs> Same. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Anyway, as a score out of 10,000? Uh, 9,137. That's a good score. That's probably the highest score I've ever heard you give anything ever. So I'm quite impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Not as high as uh, Return of the Jedi, though, is it, mate? Well, it's hard to beat perfection, isn't it? This, this one thing this film doesn't have: not enough Ewoks. Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> like the film, this film, it's just—it's also like I don't know how many times I've seen this film, but two days ago when Sam's like, "Hey, do you guys want to do Jurassic Park?" and I was like, "Yeah, yes, I'm now going to watch that when I get home." And I'm there, yeah, you know, I'm said- making notes and stuff because I'm a professional. But then there's times where I'd be like, my arm hurts because I was holding my phone, either messaging you guys or making notes and realised that I've just been locked into the film for five minutes, even though yeah. I've seen it, I don't know how many times. It yeah. was- you said yes to Sam so much quicker than you've said yes to any time I've asked you to come back <laughs> on the pod. Well, in fairness, I don't say yes to you, Billy. I pretend I haven't seen the message for a couple of days and you it do blows do over. <laughs> <laughs> I just let it sit there with the two blue ticks. Yeah, he legitimately does that. <laughs> this guy will lose interest. And it just, hurts just ignore every time. <laughs> then Sam's like, "Do you want to come on?" I'm like, "Yeah, mate. I'm free all week." <laughs> Good it man. Hurts every time. <laughs> I know it does as well. Good man. Uh, on to me. Yeah, I'm just echoing these guys. I mean, it is well acted outside of the child performances. It is pretty well acted across the board. There's no real slouch of a performance. Well, a good thing was that it's visually stunning. And then, yeah, my bad thing was the kid's terrible. There's no denying it. <laughs> like, as, as much as you're saying there's a good script and a good, you know, screenplay or whatever, there, there is some cringe dialogue and it doesn't help that, you know, um, oh, what do you call a dinosaur that's blind? Do you think he saw us? It's like, holy shit, kid. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's, that's a Spielberg film, though. You know, like, at the end of the day, this is a family film. It's like, it's like watching E.T., is Drew Barrymore the best actress of all time? No. But she doesn't ruin the film. And I would argue the same about the child actors in this film. Uh, you yeah, know what ET needs? No kids. 
<laughs> but yeah, I suppose I suppose yeah, transitioning. It's just there is some cringe dialogue in there that sort of takes you out of like the realism of it because when it yeah. leans into the realism, like the terror side of it, like when yeah, when the T Rex shows up and starts chomping through the roof, as you mentioned, or like chasing them and all that sort of shit, like that is like edge of your seat thrill ride type shit yeah. right there. And when the raptors start showing up and fucking shit up, and you, you're like, holy shit, like that, that is awesome. But yeah, that's one thing that's aged beautifully, particularly compared to the new ones. Not that I've seen the latest, no doubt, dumpster fire, is that even though we didn't know exactly what these creatures would do if they were alive, they behave like animals. They're just yeah. animals that we're not familiar with. Whereas mm. in the new ones, you have goodies and baddies. And it's like, it's just dumb. Well, I mean, I think that I think most of that comes down to the fact that this one was written by Michael Crichton, who everybody knows is a meticulous researcher. Like he spends probably as much time researching as he did writing, and that's why I think this this one feels so real at the end of the day, even though it does have that Spielberg kind of childlike fun to it. You know, like you never question this universe. You never sit there and go, "Well, dinosaurs can't be real." Because even though it's explained briefly, it sounds like it could be pretty real science, I think. I haven't listened to a word you've said after you said everybody knows that Michael Crichton is a meticulous researcher. I would love to go out there on the street right now and interview 100 people and say, hey, do you know who Michael Crichton is? And then with well, the two okay. people that say yes, go, did you know he's a meticulous researcher? And what they Pe- oh, People yeah, sure, who sure, actually sure. have read his books know that. Like the, the book of this is like 50% about cloning more than is dinosaurs. So, could the subtitle for this film be Attack of the Clones? <laughs> now, that'd be interesting. <laughs> Guys, I've got to piss so bad. He didn't leave his headphones on. Okay, I'm about to drop a 5,000 out of 10,000 on him. I'm going to watch him shit his pants. <laughs> So yeah, anyway, on to my score. Pretty enjoyable. Um, seen it a couple of times. Probably about 5,012 out of 10,000. Anywho, <laughs> Wait, let's move no, over no, to... No, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. We are not moving on, mate. What? <laughs> you take that back. <laughs> What'd I say? You said 5,012 out of 10,000? Yeah, okay, that was a bit generous. 5,002. <laughs> it was right on the edge of a shit sandwich whoa, 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 for me, whoa, whoa, man. Whoa, 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 whoa. That is not happening. <laughs> this was too fucking easy. It's an 8,000, Billy. It's an enjoyable film, but it's not one of my favourites. I'll put it that way. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> Anywho, let's move us over to question number two. What is it, Billy? All right. Question number two. What is the biggest dick move in this movie? Easy. It's Ellie Sattler trying to prank Alan Grant by getting him in the same car as the kids. Like... <laughs> We're gone too far, Sattler. It's like yeah. it's all fun and games till someone gets stuck with a child actor. I know, as someone with kids, I don't even want to go in a car with my own kids. I think Agreed. I think the last time we did this episode, Sam, I like just took the low hanging fruit of like, yeah, it's Dennis Nedry. Let's let's not overthink it. And then this time, I was like, actually, you know, Nedry not great, but he didn't try and get anyone stuck with child actors. <laughs> <laughs> that is true and i feel nidri you sort of take as being red you know like he's not i mean he's obvious you know i've got three <laughs> so billy why don't you go next and then i'll, I'll see if you've <laughs> see if you've done any of my three 
Well, I think the biggest dick move is the parents of that kid who's who's stuck at the dig. <laughs> like, what is that poor kid doing stuck out there? Like, that is not a fun environment for children. <laughs> I mean, you know, the easy for me would be Alan Grant just being a complete dick to that kid. But that kid's parents, where even are they? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Why do you think the kid's parents aren't there? Where are they? There's a group of, like, 20 people. So if his parents are there, they're just letting Alan Grant torture this child? Well, they know their kid. They know he's a dick. <laughs> yeah, he's just sat there and been a whiny little bitch about how birds aren't scary. <laughs> his parents are like, this fucker deserves it, man. Dump on this motherfucker from a height. When I was about his age, we went to that stampede site up in Queensland where it's just, like, dinosaur footprints in the mud. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's sick. And that's just yeah. footprints. This guy had a fucking fossil. Yeah, but this kid is probably... Like, okay, think of it this way. That was cool for you because you'd never seen that before. If that was your life, if you were stuck at these dig sites every day... Why do you think the, he's at the dig site every as, day? It would be the same as if your mum did calisthenics and you were dragged to calisthenics, cal, calisthenics lessons every day. <laughs> There's nothing cool about that. Dragged to what so calisthenics wait, now lessons? You think he doesn't even have parents are there, but that he's there every day. Who is this kid in your mind? Exactly. Who is this kid? He's like the feral kid from Mad Max 2. He just <laughs> loiters around Montana. <laughs> ducking up. He's in, he's in the trenches. He pops up, gives shit to a paleontologist, <laughs> scuttles away. I mean, clearly his parents are part of the dig, right? No, 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 no. He's a just a fucking just... tourist group there, Billy. How many times have you seen it? <laughs> what the fuck is going on here, Billy? He's clearly just some wild kid who strolled onto the fucking dig site and, you know, the Gave him a little bit of milk and he's hung around and, you know. <laughs> I always assumed that that kid was just always at this dig site. Holy What's happening? shit. I don't fucking know, bro. Do we just pull the pin now? Like, who's going to want to listen to this? I've never been so though. confused. Never, where the fuck am I? Uh, I'm not going to lie, though. That was on my top three was, like, Alan Grant's screwing the shit out of the kid, that kid being a dick, all that sort of stuff. That was two. I reckon the most dickish thing that Nidri does is take the shaving foam and then wipe it on somebody's dessert behind the him. guy's pie, yeah. That yeah. dude, I was like, that is just straight fucking arsehole-ish. But then my other one, and yeah, I'm going to shit on a kid actor again. There's a point there where <laughs> Sam Neill and Laura Dern are, you know, hard up against the door, trying to shut the door, the raptor's trying to get in, he's screaming for his gun, screaming for his gun. Meanwhile, old mate, the girl is over there, she's like, oh, it's a eunuch, so I know what to do. And then the boy just stands there and does nothing. What a dick. They're screaming for a gun. A raptor's trying to get in. You're doing sweet fuck all. Get the gun for Grant so he can shoot that fucker in the face. And then the mental damage from this leads to him joining Facebook. Yes. <laughs> Couldn't believe when I realised that that was him in Social Network. Half the film. Who is that kid? Yeah, right? Holy shit, it's Timmy. It is, it's Timmy. It's fucking bizarre, right? Glad I wasn't the only one that thought that. Uh, anywho, moves over to question number three. What is it, Toph? Question number three. What quote from this film would be the worst to hear immediately after having sex? I'm just going to go with hold on to your butts. Look, I know I've let myself go, but... <laughs> but implying I have multiple asses <laughs> after. After, after I've had sex. After I've had sex. Implying, yes, you have multiple asses. Hold on to your butt. I'm leaving, am I? I take it? <laughs> I'm going to go with Laura Dern screaming, run! <laughs> you would not want to hear that. I do like that for its simplicity. 
There's another Laura Dern one that's just simply, this shouldn't be here. Um, <laughs> but there's one I like from a little bit earlier from um, Hammond. The first time they meet uh, Hammond, he's in the, you know, he's stealing their champagne or whatever. And he says, if I could get you to pen, if I could get you to pen a wee testimonial, I could get back on schedule. <laughs> I don't think that's what you want. <laughs> it makes it all sound very legal, doesn't it? It does. And we can't look over the fact that E.M. Malcolm at one point goes, that is one big pile of shit. Yeah. That's yeah. another thing I definitely would not want to hear after six. I, I couldn't write that one down because I thought we were meant to write down things that we hadn't actually heard after sex. <laughs> True. Good point. Moves uh, it over to question number four. Which film would you set up with this one on a blind date? I've gone with 1999's The Mummy. I feel like there's a lot of uh, this movie's DNA in The Mummy. It's, you know, it's an adventure. It's got a charming hero. It's got... I just I felt that like these films were kind of similar in theme and in scope and everything. Like they're they're fun adventure movies, so that's what I've gone with. I think that they'd hit it off pretty well. I'm going with the uh, opposites attract theory and going with it's a wonderful life with its kind of ultimately optimistic view of humanity, <laughs> hoping it's going to hit it off with where the problem. That yeah. is Jurassic Park. Man is the real dinosaur. I've said it many times. <laughs> And still makes no sense, Billy. Uh, <laughs> on to my one. I, I'm i going to go with Highlander. It's also a sci-fi film based on a book. The first movie is awesome. Every five movies that followed after it are shit. So there we go. Very is the first Dino. one awesome? Are you sure about that? Well, I don't think the first one's that awesome, Seth. I rewatched it during lockdown and... Oh, don't spoil it for me, Toph. Don't ruin my childhood. Your, yeah, your, your memories of Highlander are better than yeah. the reality god damn it yeah. truly it was a toss-up between that and saw which also had five films come after it all of which were shittier than the first one that was quite good but then i noticed yeah, that highlander was also based yeah. on a book so i was like well there you go they share similar dna so they can have a good reminisce about how their first one you know yeah created a cultural footprint and everyone that followed was absolute why garbage. is there a french scot scotsman and a scottish spaniard <laughs> like what's going on what are we doing it just does not make sense does it <laughs> isn't he isn't he supposed to be a, oh no it's ramirez that's right he's a scottish spaniard yeah fucking yeah, bizarre yeah. <laughs> so fucking bizarre anywho uh question number five is the first of our patreon questions comes courtesy of our mates dan brennick of the netflix and swill podcast netflix and swill is an awesome podcast which covers all things netflix related go check them out there'll be a link down in the show notes uh what's the question billy all right dan wants to know who was the true mvp of this film and it can't be one of the main characters um, I think ultimately, like, the Raptors were the breakout stars of this film. <laughs> like, before this film, because even... they threatened the child actors? <laughs> Partly, yes. And actually, that's a good scene with kids. Yeah. But yeah. So clearly, it's yeah. got to be down to the Raptors. Um, but even dinosaur-mad kids, of which I was one in 93, didn't know what a Velociraptor was. Great. Now you've got cars that are called Raptors, because they want to mm. sound hardcore. <laughs> It's it's so true because there wasn't one of the dinosaur transformers, and like all the other dinosaurs that you knew were like Stegosaurus, Triceratops, you know, T Rex, all that sort of shit. We knew the heavy hitters. I'd never heard of a Velociraptor yeah. before in my entire life. Yeah, it's because they're, they're mostly like the size of a goose and not very scary until they were like, uh, these ones are six feet tall and sick. Yeah. 
Yeah. Isn't it weird that when we were kids, the two biggest dinosaurs in my head were like the T-Rex. And like you said, Sam, the Triceratops, which is kind of a pussy dinosaur, but for some reason... No way, I'm with Alan Grant. The Triceratops was my favourite. Yeah, Triceratops fucking rocks! Same, that's what I mean. When I was a kid, that was my favourite one. And in hindsight, it's like, you know, where are all the big dinosaurs? What are you talking about? That thing is a tank. (laughs) It's a tank with fucking legs. Billy's like... Billy's like, you're piss weak. You're piss weak. Triceratops, just because you're vegetarian. And then the thing fucking, fucking spears him yeah. with its horn. Yeah. Everyone knows, look, everyone knows how I feel about vegetarian stuff. Three fucking horns on the front of his head. Billy, I would love for you to go outside right now and like get the nearest equivalent, which is a rhino. Have a rhino charge at you and you go, this is fucking piss weak. <laughs> it'd be the shortest fatality I've ever seen, but it'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> this is fucking piss weak. I can take this. Boof. Smoked. <laughs> What do we tell his wife? I don't know. She's probably happy. <laughs> uh, the, the, Ellie Settler. Ellie Settler for miles for so many different reasons. The fact that she goes out there. How is she not made? She's, she's one of the big she's three. I, mean, well, I, I know. Like, who else? Like, who else do you class as not a main? You know what I mean? I, I, See, I took my, it as anyone not in the big three. Say, my answer is Arnold. I reckon Arnold is probably the MVP of this film. Like, but like you said, people, it's so easy to forget that Sam Jackson is even in this film. Yeah. But this must have been one of his first big box office breaking roles. And the fact that he goes down there to try and turn the power on, even though he fucking dies like a champ, like, yeah, he's, he's my answer. Sattler okay. is definitely a main. <laughs> Well, in that case, I'm going to go with the guy that's like, you know, clever girl. You know, the one that like... Muldoon? Yeah, yeah, Muldoon. Robert Muldoon, Muldoon, who was actually a former Prime Minister of New Zealand, which is quite fucking funny, (laughs) was basically our vision of Trump in the 70s. He was fucking odd. But, um, yeah, like the fact that he like, you know, just stands there and takes it like a boss and manages, you know, get Sattler away. He's the man. Good on him. The man. Yeah, he's a pretty good egg. Yeah. It's weird. He seems like the kind of dude who would be a bad guy. And, like, in Jurassic World, they virtually make his character equivalent the bad guy of the story. But, yeah, in Jurassic Park, he rocks, man. Yeah, he um, he yeah. also hunts apex predators in Africa for fun. So, if you think that's awesome, Billy, uh, good for you. Oh, come on, mate. Don't twist my words. How do you feel about tall women, Billy? Laura Dern's quite tall. Uh, look, all right. So, question. You're telling me I'm not allowed to pick Laura Dern. Why is that? Have you got well? <laughs> well, explain yourself on behalf of yourself and all other men. Six. Okay, yeah, no, let's transition. Question number six is a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of our mate Nick Haskins of Nicholas Kitchen. Awesome cooking podcast you guys should all go check out. There is also a link down in the show notes for him. Uh, what's his question, Toph? Nick wants to know what type of meal is this film? I was trying to think of whatever the closest fucking Fred Flintstone eats. You know, like, like one of those tomahawk steaks. I was like, yeah, that's it. It's a fucking tomahawk steak. It's delicious. Not really nutritious, but it's, it's delicious. We'll give it that. Yeah, I'm kind of along the line, the same line, Sam. I reckon this is like really nice slow cooked American low and slow ribs, like with some, with a side of like smoked corn and Hasselback potatoes. Like it's a full meal. It's everything that you want. It's meaty. It's it's just good stuff. Uh, I'm going steak tartar, raw meat. Ooh. It's layered. It's delicious, and I never tire of it. Yeah, that's a good answer, man. That's a good answer. 
Somebody's Thank prepped, you. Billy. Somebody prepped for this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, this was actually the one question that I just realised I didn't have an answer. <laughs> Speaking of being awesomely prepped. He says that now. We're at question six. I've got a feeling that questions seven through 20 are also going to be like, oh, fuck, I forgot to answer this one too. Basically, I answered the first six while I was taking shit at nine o'clock this morning and I haven't done anything since. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's move us over to question number seven, Stacey's favourite question. Uh, how would you incorporate Nicolas Cage into this film? And before we, before we let some more lunacy out of Billy, I want to hear Topher. I want to hear from you first, bro. Uh, keeping in mind, uh, look, I'm doing this through the prism of 1993. That's the Nicolas Cage we're dealing with here. And so while in no way do I want to give up what we've got, I actually think that a 93 Cage makes an outstanding Malcolm. Oh, Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely he's got, right. He'd be, he'd be doing a, not necessarily a similar mannered thing, but it would be a very kind of like actor with a capital A stuff going on yeah. that we haven't, we haven't fallen over into Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage. So I think, I actually think that would have been, I don't even, like, this isn't even like a ha-ha Nicolas Cage. I actually think that would have rocked before yeah. we get into like Billy's kooky. He should have been the T-Rex. Uh, Billy, oh, what are we that going is with? not my answer. <laughs> I fucking bet it is. It, no. I, I, before we get into you, like it's funny because him and Laura Dern actually dated. Like Nicholas Cage and Laura Dern actually dated. So to have him being all flirty oh, and um, shit. Were they? Is Laura Dern in Wild at Heart? Is that those two? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They dated for about yeah. a year or something, and maybe were engaged. But like, yeah, he could have totally pulled off that creepy sort of like flirtatiousness with her, with her character. I reckon it would have been. Yeah, smelling her hair and stuff. Oh, oh the hair unsettling. move. Oh yeah, yeah creepy. It's not good, is it? I haven't done that shit since 2017. It's fucking weird, guys. When was the last time someone did it to you, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. I went bald when I was about 20, so <laughs> it's coming up 20 years, bro. <laughs> uh, what about you, Billy? What was what was going to be your answer? T-Rex, Okay, right? firstly, mine isn't weird. Mine isn't the T-Rex. <laughs> I, I didn't want to replace any of the main cast, but I kept thinking how cool it is that we never see the boat captain who comes to pick up Nedry. Because that guy must be there waiting at the dock for ages. Like, you know, he's given a specific time. Nedry's on his way to meet him. How cool would it be if Nicolas Cage was the captain who came to pick up Nedry and then just, like, wandered on the island and got kind of wound up in all this stuff? Like, he didn't even know this was happening when he got on the boat. No way. He didn't wait. You know, he didn't fucking wait at all. (laughs) That boat was going at whatever it was. Was it 1900? You reckon he went by, like, school rules where, like, if the teacher's not there by five past, you get to leave? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I I just would have had him as uh, Muldoon. I just just so we could hear Nicolas Cage just, Oh, clever girl! (laughs) And see him get smoked by a dinosaur. I'm doing this for Stacey because I know how much she hates him. I know she would love to see Nicolas Cage get smoked by a dinosaur. (laughs) <laughs> Anywho, uh, moves us over to question number eight. Also, a Patreon question comes courtesy of our mate Nurtrovert. Okay, Jason, love your work, bro. This is going to be an interesting one for Billy to answer, given that he loves it from start to finish. But what is what is this question, Billy? Uh, this question is: When was the best time for a bathroom break? The kids pestering Alan Grant before the tour because <laughs> kids. <laughs> Jeez, fucking man. steal my thunder, Tofu. That was my answer. It was, <laughs> I've got when they're about to do a lap of the park. I was like, that's it. Like, there's so much time no. there where you're like, oh, who gives a shit? No. And you get to miss a shot of the lawyer in his, in his like, dress shorts, which is just <laughs> deeply unsettling. No, that slaps. That's so cool. <laughs> 
My answer is the end credits, honestly, because there's no time to take a bathroom break. This is a time. But then you'd miss movie. some of the score, Billy. <laughs> I honestly, I forgot that the attacks in the park don't start until after an hour into this movie. Like the whole like T Rex breakout is after an hour in, and like the iconic Velocirap- Velociraptor in the kitchen scene is the final sequence. It's like the last fifteen minutes. But everything before that is still so awesome. Like, for me, it is literally the end credits. There is no other time to stop this movie and take a break. Uh, talking about true MVPs, you got You mentioned that scene. We've got to bring up the fact that the T-Rex comes out of nowhere and smokes that Velociraptor. Two Velociraptors, but then poses majestically while the banner oh, falls yeah, behind him. while the him. banner falls down. That is it's some fucking beautiful, isn't it? A-grade <laughs> acting from that T-Rex, man. I don't know how the fuck they got him to do that on the set. His animal handler must have been fucking next level, like, insane to get him to do Phil that. Tippett. Phil Tippett is the guy who is credited as dinosaur supervisor because <laughs> he was the uh, stop-motion animator. So, yeah, he actually has a credit as dinosaur supervisor. <laughs> Phil Tippett sounds like the worst porn actor's name I've ever fucking yeah. heard, to be honest. <laughs> He's a living legend. The guy, guy is a legend. He, he is a legend. slam Phil Tippett. In the porn industry, he is totally a legend. <laughs> Feel just the tippet. <laughs> there we go. Next question comes courtesy of our mate Emily Higgins of the Tasteless Podcast, a podcast which compares two films, one that is universally beloved. She takes that and compares it to a film that she doesn't feel gets its love it deserves. I love Emily. I love Emily we for love the Emily. one for one totally non-film related fucking reason, which is that there is an app called Whatnot, and on Whatnot you can go on there and you can buy random shit in America. And Emily has very kindly allowed me to fill my boots with a whole bunch of shit that Stacey does not approve of. But I've been able to go on there and buy a whole bunch of fucking comics and all this <laughs> junk that is now literally going to Emily. And Emily's packaging it up and sending it to me here in New Zealand and saving me a ton of shipping. I love Emily. This is probably the closest to a paid promotion. But if anybody wants to go on Whatnot, there will be a link to my Whatnot. Please go on there. You get $10 when you join up, and I get $10 as well. I need some fucking money at the moment because Stacey keeps reminding me about, hey, where'd our savings go? Hey, did we have shares? Where have they gone? And I'm in a lot of trouble. Anyway, <laughs> what's, what's, uh, what's Emily's question there, Tove? Uh, Emily wants to know which character has gone the longest without showering. He cares. I'll jump in first because the obvious answer is Nedry. <laughs> and I want to say it before anybody else does. Yeah, it's the obvious answer, but it's, it's not the right answer. That motherfucker, he, he showers. That guy spends a lot of time in the showering enjoying himself, man. <laughs> I can tell. Hammond, old people don't shower that much. And yeah. Hammond doesn't really give a fuck about how anything's going except for these dinosaurs getting made. Hammond don't give a <laughs> shit. He's just that was my second answer. Filipino nurses. <laughs> exactly. He spared no expenses on the Filipino nurses. <laughs> I mean, if Nick Cage had played Malcolm, the answer's Malcolm. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, let's be honest, Alan Grant. You don't reckon Grant is showering? I think he's very comfortable out there in Montana, just being one with the dirt. That's true. Ooh. That is a good point. I mean, he's, he's clearly badly betting Sattler, though. Well, yeah, they're, they're, that's, that's out in the open in this film, that they're together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like, are you familiar with Stockholm Syndrome, Billy? <laughs> <laughs> You reckon she just likes him for his dinosaur brain? No, no. Like, she's spent so much time around him that she's just grown a fond of him, you know? She's immune to the smell, much like your wife, Billy. Yeah. Oh, it does happen. It does happen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Question number 10. What unimportant life lesson did you guys learn from this film? 
Well, it's deeply unimportant to learn that the T-Rex can't see you if you don't move. Oh, my God. It's not true. (laughs) That's the same thing I have written down. (laughs) They can't see you if you don't move. It's by no... Yeah. Easily, that's the the least important thing I learned from this film. It's it's like when you're playing a video game and it's like the boss has just one obvious weakness point and they've done nothing to cover it up where it's just like, it's so basic. Let's just not move. Okay. I know. It's it's like a Zelda game, which are like, the games are incredible, but every boss, it's like, that boss has a bright yellow eye. I wonder what that's all about. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My, my one was, uh, I actually had that as my first one, but then my follow-up one was, if you almost get murdered by a bunch of dinosaurs, you'll actually kind of find it kind of fun and exciting when you're flying away in a helicopter. Because we cut to the shot of Sam Neill as he's leaving quite possibly the most horrific experience of his life. First he drops the quip of like, oh, by the way, I'm not going to endorse your park. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. And then when he's in the helicopter, he's just got this shit-eating grin as they fly away, just yeah. like, hey. Yeah, yeah, it's like an Affleck smile. <laughs> he's just like watching these birds. And it's like, what the fuck are the birds about? Yeah, exactly. What the fuck are the birds <laughs> yeah. about? But he's just so they're stoked. They're dinosaurs. There's, yeah, yeah, the descendants of dinosaurs. Yeah. It's dumb. <laughs> it's the one <laughs> dumb part of the movie is the end when he's watching the birds and you're like, Nah, mate. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck are you? I don't doing? like it when he chucks away his sick claw. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's still cool. Hang on to it. Well, I don't know. I kind of get him because, like, what's the point now? Like, it's not that cool anymore. Like, Velociraptor I'll tell you what the point is literally is, back. It's a fucking sick claw. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can exactly. scare kids with it. <laughs> what's he going to whip out now? <laughs> don't answer. <laughs> Does this look historic? <laughs> yes. <laughs> They've actually come out and said something about that recently, about how Laura Dern was like 23 and he was in his 40s yeah. when they were filming it. And she was saying that, or oh, they both come out and said that was kind of weird, kind of wrong. Yeah. And I bet you there's about, fifth, what, all, every Bond actor right now is going, oh, was it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, hon- honestly, though, would you have guessed she was that young? She always strikes me as seeming way more mature than she is. Like yeah, when I found definitely. out she was 23 and I would have been 10. So she's 15 yeah. years older than me. It still doesn't feel like that. It still feels like she's way older than that. Yeah, yeah. Because in the book, they're not together. In the book, she is literally she's just in, like... Is she engaged or married in the book? What's that, sorry? She engaged or married in the book? Anyway, she's, she's engaged, got- yeah, yeah, from memory. Yeah. Whereas in this, it's very clear from the start that they're together. Yeah, absolutely. Anywho, uh, on to our personal questions. I'm up first, and thank God for not having to come up with questions, because this is awesome. We've just recycled the ones from last time. But <laughs> First up, aside from the giant Triceratops dump, I think it was Triceratops, it might have been Brachiosaurus, whatever it was, what was the biggest load of shit in this movie? I think it's that Sattler would let Goblin play with her hair. <laughs> like, I mean, he's, he's, he's creepy. Like, I know that it's just oh, Goblin. Yuck. I know it's Jeff Goldblum, and we all love Goldblum, but it's still yucky. It's just yucky. I don't think she would allow it. We've touched on it. I'm going with the T-Rex entering the foyer like a fucking ninja. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, this thing weighs more than my house, and no one heard it coming in? It's true. Nobody notices that. (laughs) These kids are seeing, like, well, you know, and, and in the car as well, they're seeing reflections in the water from miles out. You know, from miles out, they know it's coming. Yeah. But the fact it just swoops in there. My my other one, my the correct answer to this, by the way, was the fact that the T-Rex smashed through a fence, started terrorizing them, and then when they go through the same hole that the T-Rex came through, there's a fucking 100-meter drop on the other side of that hole that he's climbed through. How did he do that? Yeah. I mean, you've got to just ignore these things, though, don't you? <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, we're breaking down, Billy. Oh, we're breaking at least, down. At least this film doesn't have anybody just holding their hand out like, stop. And all the dinosaurs stop. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't even want to know what you're talking about right now. Is, this, is that the clone kid? I think, the- <laughs> I think that brings it down to a 9,999, Billy. Yeah. No. Nah, Come on, never, admit it. Never. Come on. <laughs> Okay, question number two. How long would you guys survive? I, no, actually, I, I originally wrote this when there were three of us doing this. I'm going to change this answer. i change this question. How long would you guys survive alone in the park? And how long would you guys survive together? <laughs> so the answer I have is just longer than Billy. <laughs> <laughs> See, I want to clarify. How alone am I and in what part of the park? Doesn't matter. Reckon I could live a little while. At least. This, this is like Fortnite or whatever. We've been dropped by a parachute into the middle of the park. You've got no idea where you are. Or what the fuck you're doing? You don't really reckon you'd survive longer than I do, do you? I don't think that. I I know it full well, <laughs> oh, mate. Mate, I'm living longer than you. <laughs> you're dreaming. You just go wandering out for snacks or something. It's just ending badly for you, mate. I podcasted longer than you. <laughs> yeah podcasting tear him out to, to basically surviving in the wild absolutely in fact i'd say they're identical bear grills right now is going is fuck yeah right. this, i need this billy guy man take billy out the sad thing is he's right within like 10 minutes i'd be like yo where are the cheetos at i'd just be like wandering around the park looking for cheetos i wouldn't hear the t-rex and he'd just like sneak up on me my feet hurt i'm hungry i need a drink of water <laughs> <laughs> long enough for Toph to drop kick you off a waterfall there we go <laughs> I still think I would survive at least as long as you I don't need to outrun the dinosaurs Billy I just need to outrun you <laughs> oh that's gold that's gold okay my final question aside from Jeff Goldblum uh, yeah I mean we've, we've obviously talked a little bit about how horny Ian Malcolm is but uh, what other character from this film do you guys think is into some Fifty Shades of Grey type shit? Uh, Hammond. Like, all super rich guys are getting their freak on, right? That's true. If the movies have taught me anything, super rich guys are definitely the biggest freaks. And he spares no expense. <laughs> um, I reckon it's Muldoon, I reckon. Like, he, you know, he's clearly into some kind of freaky stuff, like clever girl. Like, he, uh... <laughs> You know, I reckon he's getting them guns out. Let the record show that now Billy thinks that intelligent women are freaky. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just shouldn't talk. You guys, like... This woman's got a brain cell. What the hell? <laughs> How bizarre. Anywho, um, we're, we're joking, by the way, listeners. Well, I am, but I don't know if Billy is. But anyway, uh, Topher, what's I'm your question? joking. <laughs> First of my recycled questions from several years ago. Yo, yo! 65 million years from now, which three modern-day creatures would a Hammond-esque individual clone for the entertainment of that era's dominant species? I'm just writing down two more answers. (laughs) I'll I'll go. You go, Billy. I mean, the humans is the obvious one, right? Like, humans won't still be around in 65 million years. We won't be around in 65 years. Yeah, we Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the question is, are we dominant? So, I've written down lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Because oh, that geez. would be a fun park to walk through. <laughs> you can't see this, everyone listening, but the, the sheer disgust on Sam's face just 
priceless. Good work, Billy. <laughs> You've got to go with like some of nature's biggest idiocies, right? So, like an ostrich. How does an ostrich make sense? Yeah. How is a bird that I mean, big? And then, I thought about the platypus and the octopus. Yeah, see, platypus was going to be my next one because that is nature's biggest idiot. You know, like a duckbill yeah. on a like a beaver body. I don't know what the fuck you describe it as. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's a weird animal. Man. Fucking weird animal. And then finally, sloth. How the hell is sloth still alive? You know what I mean? Like out of all the most, like most mammals are active. Sloths sit in a tree for something like 23 hours a day and just do nothing. And I'm jealous. It must taste like shit, because that's some low-hanging fruit <laughs> for a predator. <laughs> Lions and leopards are just like, oh, no. I'm not that hungry. I'm not that hungry. <laughs> okay, next up. Can you really claim to have spared no expense when you hire Dennis Nedry? Yeah, that is the most ridiculous part of this movie, obviously. 9,000. He's he's even taunting him about his low pay. <laughs> 8,000. Like... <laughs> 7,000. I can see I can see the decline in Billy's eyes, and I'm loving this. Just <laughs> reaping the stupidity. All i got to say is, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Look, Nedry is a deceptive dude, right? He is a ro- real top-tier charm schooler who oozes confidence and swagger. He's so completely unassuming that how <laughs> could so, you... Did you just say that he oozes confidence and swagger? Absolutely. It's the only thing this dude oozes is sweat. <laughs> He's so completely unassuming that how could you not hire them? And then I've written un- after that in brackets, if you manage to say all of this without laughing, congratulations, you must be drunker than a fort. <laughs> so there you go. I've given myself a note. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, I, fuck knows, man. What the fuck is this dude doing here? Yeah. Somebody pointed... The hiring of Nedry is a bigger like leap of faith you need to make with this film than they cloned dinosaurs. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. he is literally taunting him the whole time about his low pay as well. And it's like, are you serious right now? Yeah. Massively sophisticated computer system. One fucking dude. Yeah. Honestly, though, it's not it's not that far-fetched. When I left the TV station that I used to work at, where I worked with Topher, they had to call me back the next year to go and change their clock for daylight savings time because they couldn't change their clock and it was messing up the news. And this was just the analog one on the wall. <laughs> Top quality broadcasting. <laughs> what the fuck (laughs) yeah it's that's a true story so it's not that unreasonable that they would have everything placed in nedry but it is unrealistic that it's nedry although tofa am i nedry (laughs) yes don't ask questions you don't want answered (laughs) hey talking about how Crichton couldn't fucking name characters to save himself somebody pointed out that nedry is just a like anagram of nerdy and i was like that's kind of a good point this kind of yeah. makes sense. He is just a giant, giant fat nerd. But hey, look, nobody cares. I love him. I actually love Nedry. He's my true MVP, to be honest. <laughs> Talk it, but like, like talking about biggest load of bullshit. I love the fact that he came across a dinosaur, and then after he lost his glasses, and then he just hung around and just like tried to play fucking fetch with it and shit like that. Like, surely that guy wouldn't fucking hang around at all, right? No, I actually don't love that sequence. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good time to go take a piss because it's just like, yeah, we know he's going to die. Fuck him, you know? Dinosaurs opening doors as well. Like, that dinosaur must open that car door similar to the Velociraptor. Fuck you. That scene is sick. (laughs) 
when she's like, you know, unless they learned how to open doors, and then smash cut to the dinosaur opening a fucking door. Yeah, but that's fine for the raptor, and it's been set up that they're really intelligent, not this fucking big frill neck lizard. Yeah, Yeah, Briggs throws a lizard that just spits fucking whatever in his face, (laughs) and then climbs into the passenger side and tries to give him a blowjob. I mean, tries to eat him. It's just like, what the fuck is going on here? So 6,000 and 10,000 went out. Yeah, we're, we're down to 6,000 for Billy's yep. official score. <laughs> All right. Um, last recycled question. In 1993, did paleontologists dress like Seattle grunge rockers or did Seattle grunge rockers dress like paleontologists? Um, yeah. Correct. <laughs> they both did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my answer is it's 1993. Everybody dressed like a Seattle grunge rocker. Not me. I didn't know what one was. <laughs> man if i was caught cutting holes in my jeans fuck i'd be cut out of the family so yeah oh my yeah, I mean, god I, I yeah i still dress dramas. like a seattle grunge rocker <laughs> <laughs> you look like you dress like a 70 year old man to be honest right now billy well yeah i came straight from work mate <laughs> where you were playing a 70 year old man <laughs> <laughs> anywho on to billy's um three questions that he tapped out while he's in, sitting in a meeting this morning Yes, my fresh questions, which are not recycled, which, yes, as you say, I was very busy today, so I wrote these very quickly. All right, my first question. At what point should a dinosaur have said, Alan? (laughs) Because everybody knows that that is the best moment in the entire franchise. Even if this is the best film, that is the best moment. (laughs) So when should a dinosaur have said, Alan? Um, The answer to that is the exact moment you want the franchise to die. (laughs) Because that is what happened. <laughs> Maybe an MCU post-credit scene of just him, just Alan, and he'd be like, "Okay, yeah, oh, this, that'd be so this is done. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell, <laughs> so shit. It is, it's so, so shit, bad. right? It's so it's shit. It's just so bad. <laughs> Probably not the worst thing about that film, though. No. Honestly, I remember that one the least. Like, I remember Lost World probably being the worst of the original franchise. No, no, no? Lost, you reckon Lost World Park is 3's... look. Lost World is flawed. JP three is just garbage. Because even so, Lost World was the only other one that was based on a Crichton book, and that was not good either. Because in the original book, he'd actually killed off uh, Malcolm, and then he just came back randomly. and Hammond. In, yeah, yeah, it's it's just a bizarre follow-up. Which, okay, so question number two. Hey, I haven't answered this it is... yet. What the fuck? I'm here too. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> Whose go. podcast yeah, is yeah, this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fuck off my show. Uh, <laughs> so the correct answer was when the Brachiosaurus leaned in and Alan's sitting up in that tree hugging those two kids and he just, like, the Brachiosaurus gives him a morning wake-up call <laughs> and he's just, Alan! Like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that would be really cool. <laughs> Exactly. So you're down with it. You're down with it. <laughs> Five minutes. All right. Next question. Um, this is definitely the movie that I have seen the most times in my entire life. Uh, what's yours? I, I'm really curious to know what your guys is. This will be top 10 for me, for sure. Um, yeah. But mine is almost certainly Return of the Jedi. Like, by the yeah, time I was okay. 11, I'd logged that enough times that nothing will ever catch it. That was There was, one, there was one school holidays where I started every day of that school holidays by watching Return of the Jedi. Mm. And I did not get bored. See, that was me with New Hope. I watched a New Hope the most out of any of those original Star Wars, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's tough for me because I reckon a New Hope or Empire Strikes Back would probably be one and two. It'd be hard for me to tell. Like, Return of the Jedi was just such a, you know, poor tenor form after those two. But 
The <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> but it's it's toss up between those two. But I mean, I feel like most people would have known that. It's funny as a kid, I used to watch Mel Brooks's A History of the World Part One. I watched that religiously. It was like one of the few films that we had on tape that I remember watching yeah, right. over and over and over again. And then it was like the Star Wars films, and then Raiders of the Lost Ark is another one. I remember watching that and Last Crusade hundreds of times as a child. Yeah, I mean, mine apart from this would have to be The Princess Bride. Like, I watched that so many times as a kid. Like, are we talking about films that you've seen all the way through, or ones that you've only watched like five minutes of and then gone to sleep? That's an interesting question. <laughs> Why? What's your answer for five minutes and then fall asleep? Uh, nothing I can talk about on this podcast. What, what's your next question? <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> Anywho. All right, so my final question. I want you guys, because obviously this, fil- this film has led to probably the largest diminishing returns in, ter- in terms of a franchise. I want you guys to pitch me your sequel to this film. I made a joke on the messenger today that there is no answer to this, right, Toph? We don't, we don't need a sequel. I think this is a great one and done film. I mean, yeah, you're right. That is the, that's the correct answer. Yeah. The, the, don't have one. The, the only thing I've got is that when we did Top Gun Maverick recently, we decided for Top Gun 3 it should be stripped back and we should have a New Zealand version of that film where they're basically flying around in Cessnas or like microflights and shit like that. The Wright brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I want to see a New Zealand Jurassic Park. So back in New Zealand's earlier days, we used to have mowers, which were these giant flightless birds that unlike cassowaries or ostriches didn't want to kill you. And like the local indigenous population, the Māori like just ate them to extinction sort of thing. So I, I want that. I want to have like... Jurassic Park, New Zealand, we have these giant mowers rolling around, and um, basically the movie's this like thrilling one-shot where I try and outrun adult diabetes and heart troubles while trying to eat an entire (laughs) fried mower. (laughs) Guys, what if Jurassic Park and Godzilla were in the same year? Oh, that'd be sick. (laughs) Don't give them ideas. God. I tell you what I would really like is is like a really good version of of Lost World, which is actually a film I... Like, it's... Deeply, deeply flawed. I actually still enjoy that film. Like, it has Richard Schiff. That's important. But a better version of that film would actually be great. Like, don't go to San Diego, but still have greedy people getting fucked up by dinosaurs. Don't have Ian Malcolm's daughter defeat a velociraptor through the power of gymnastics. But there's a lot of good... Like, the, the Tyrannosaur attack in Lost World is legitimately a fucking great sequence. There's a bunch in that film that is awesome. So just a better version of that film would actually just really be great i i honestly cannot remember watching them no i I know i've watched them but i cannot remember fuck all about them i remember a tyrannosaur speeding on a boat i remember that scene i remember all the (laughs) yeah it's not ideal i remember all the little dinosaurs on an island when they land there and some people like trying to i don't know sunbathe or some shit and they end up getting fucked up by them i don't remember much from those films you got julianne moore i was about to say julianne moore yeah i do remember julianne moore as well where were we? Uh, final question. Uh, also a Patreon question. This question comes courtesy of our mate, Dave Baker. Dave has a Patreon as well at patreon.com forward slash your favorite. Go and check it out. There's a bunch of awesome content on there. And what Dave would like to know is which two characters from this film would you guys want with you at a house party? Well, not Malcolm, because he's just being fucking no. grabbing people's hair. <laughs> um, Alan Grant, actually, like, low-key, bit of a wet blanket. I, d- yeah. I don't think that I don't think he's a great hang. He's like I'd want him if I was stuck on a dinosaur island, but I, I outside of that, nah, pass. 
Muldoon would have cool stories from Safari, but oh wait, he's also killing apex predators <laughs> for fun. No, thank you. So give it like there's not actually like that many characters in this film. So you're kind of left yeah. with Sattler, who's a good egg, and Arnold. See, I actually did have Malcolm. I had Malcolm and Nedry. I reckon that'd be a fun combination. <laughs> just so the bike comparison you the might pull. Fuck. Yeah, I reckon that they would just be like fighting the whole time, and I would just get to party. I reckon it'd be awesome. I, I would love to be at that party just so that you'd be like, oh, so it's been nine hours making this pulled pork slow cooker, <laughs> and then and then you just wander off, and then you come back, and it's just covered in shaving foam. And you're like, uh huh. <laughs> Who would do I'd this to me? Awesome pulled pork. <laughs> and then Malcolm's in the corner with the shirt undone. Yeah, yeah, just breathing heavily. Just, yeah. Exactly. Every single one of your female friends here would be like, "Who is your mate?" <laughs> You'd be like, "What's yeah. he done now?" I was like, "Well, I was trying to take a pee," and he like. Fucking stuck his head in the window. It was like, hi. <laughs> like, fuck that. And um, Grant as well, like, you're right. Like, it would be incredibly disconcerting to be hanging out with a guy that talks half in New Zealand, half in American, you know, like, has this little inflections and then a Kiwi accent coming through. Mm. It was a bit bizarre. So, I mean, I went with Sattler. Ellie Sattler, of course. She's the obvious choice. But then the other one, we talked about this, the Triceratops. How fucking dope would it be to have a Triceratops at your oh, fucking fuck. party? Yes. Oh, I yes. didn't realise we could choose a dinosaur character. It's a character? Yes. How fucking dope oh. would it be? Hey, do you guys want to come yeah. ride my Triceratops? Have you got three penises? No, 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 I've got this fucking dinosaur at the back. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah, that's a good call. It'd be the fucking bomb. But anyway, <laughs> takes us down to the end. Thank you to these two for joining us on this adventure. Thank you, Billy, for acknowledging that this film has a lot of flaws and it's probably like a 5,000 out of 10,000 now, eh, Billy? We all heard it. Nah, mate, nah, this is still hyperbole sandwich material. <laughs> anyway, Topher, what about you? <laughs> what about you? Yeah, me? what about you? How, how are you feeling about this film after, after we've now talked about it? Oh, I'm still a fan. <laughs> we haven't turned me off it. Um, despite, yeah, that speaks to the power of the film. Um, I was overwhelmed by the power of this film, not unlike Ellie Sattler, um, despite child actors. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Anywho, thanks again to these two for joining me. Uh, it's been an absolute blast. I wonder how well we did on this podcast compared to the other one we did, Toph. That one was, that podcast was a hyperbole sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It absolutely was. Was that because I wasn't there? Correct. <laughs> Some things you just don't need to say, Billy. You just accept them as being the honest truth. You don't need to say them. But anywho, uh, before we sign off, Billy, why don't you give us a little bit of a blurb about We Watch The Thing and uh, tell them about how I'll be on an upcoming episode. Is that still going? No. (laughs) No? Yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, we watch the thing. You can find it anywhere you find podcasts. It does what it says on the tin. We watch one thing a week and we chat about it. Sam's been on it, I mean, more than, probably more than Topher at this point. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll, I believe we'll be catching up soon for Thor Love and Thunder, which I'm pretty excited about. Absolutely. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can, anywhere at We Watch the Thing, I'm on all the socials at We Watch the Thing. It's a new album from ACDC, Toph. Can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, if you guys want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In, or you can send us an email at MRITQS at gmail.com. Or we are Movie Reviews and 20 Qs on all the usual platforms. Upcoming episodes, me, Machu and Kahu are going to do Robocop in a couple of weeks. Before that, me, Emily and Liz are going to take a walk down History Lane and do another film from the 90s. 
we're going to do a film that I hadn't seen before, but I was fortunate to guest on another podcast recently and talk about. That film is Pretty Woman. I <laughs> have a lot of thoughts about that film. As someone who hadn't seen the entirety of it before, I enjoyed my time. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed my time. I'll put it that way. Anywho, yeah, that is the end, and uh, those are the upcoming episodes. But, uh, yeah, anywho, that is thanks from me. Thanks, Sam. Always a pleasure. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. (laughs)